everybody. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Free Life Soap. They are a sponsor of the RFP, and you can go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the link, Free Life Soap. Use the promo code RFP. Get 10% off. And uh, Nate, I think you got a gift today, don't you? Yeah, speaking of Free Life Soap, we have some here in the studio with us, and I believe this is California Coast. It's my favorite. Man, this stuff is amazing. And we also have a special gift in the studio with us. Today is a historic day for the RFP. We have Lois McNair, our first female guest on the show. So Lois, tell us what you think about this soap right here. That is for you. Oh, now I'd use that. (laughs) That smells good. And I mean, look at it. It's so artistic and just so hipster. Live so free, hipster. live clean, live well. Free Life Soap. Check them out today. They got beard product. They got shaving product. We also want to thank our Patreons, all of those folks that have been part of that. And uh, thank you for supporting the RFP. It means a lot. And uh, J Radio, we thank them. You can go to jradio.com. Click on the link that's on our website. So J Radio, you can click on a playlist there. Brian's favorite, Southern Gospel. They've got playlists like that. Yeah, I've been thinking, uh, I am on my journey, journey to that city four square. And by faith in the love of God, I surely will enter there. Win yeah. some glad tomorrow. Aha, uh-huh, you know it. <laughs> of course I know that one. With the saints I stand. Put on a crown and walk, walk around, around all over God's promised There it Woo! is. Hey, jradio.com. Check them out today. Y'all ready to get the show started? Let's do it. Let's go. In three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, JC, Nathan, and Brian, coming to you live from the J Radio Studios. And uh, guys, it is good to see you today. It's good to be in the studio. Brian, how are you doing up there in the north? Doing fantastic, except for the fact it's so hot, I saw 14 demons get in a car today and turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> right off the bat, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> no need in waiting. I think hey. you've actually told that joke before, but I edited it out. So I'll leave it in this time. <laughs> it's going to make an episode eventually. <laughs> so before we go any further, we got to talk about last week's episode, Paul Kidd. That was incredible to have him on. That guy's a sharp fella. Yeah, Paul's a really sharp guy. He's got a fantastic church. And it was really cool hearing how he has made an exodus from fundamentalism. He's you know, believing the truth, standing for the truth, declaring the truth. Yeah, I enjoyed our conversation. And I wonder how disappointed everybody was when it was junior and not senior. Yeah, I know that Twitter was blowing up. Everybody all week long, because kid dot dot died. Everybody's like, is it dad or son? Is it dad or son? And then, you know, you sent me that clip of uh, Stephen Furtick. Like, there's a plot twist coming in your life, which is absolutely incredible to throw out there. But how about we go ahead and give everybody a plot twist? So that was part one. Coming up soon is part two. Phil Kid has reached out and wants to come on the podcast. And so we are going to be sitting down with Phil Kid himself. I think Paul's actually going to join him so we don't get killed. And it's going to be great <laughs> on there with him. And my mind's still kind of blown about the fact that he would even want to come on here, that he'd be willing to have this conversation. He's probably the last guy I would have expected to accept that challenge. And that's what Paul said. He goes, look, Dad never backs away from a challenge. I said, well, obviously that and he said you let them know i dropped baptist out of my name also and i think you know hey we're always willing we've said when we started this podcast that we want to help we want to encourage and we want to challenge and i think this will be a great opportunity to prove that we want to challenge because there's a lot to challenge there yeah phil kidd is kind of a difficult 
interview because you know there's going to be a lot of things I'd like to say mm -hmm. and a lot of things I'd like to ask. That's going to be a challenging episode because you know my ministry in comparison to his ministry couldn't be more polar opposite. And also there's a confession that I'm struggling with whether or not to make to Phil Kidd. Uh, there was a time years ago when Phil Kidd had a website and he had a message board and I may, <laughs> I may or may not have been an anonymous person who messed with him on occasion. Brian, on that the doesn't board. help the narrative that we aren't IFB preacher clips, man. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't, I'm not technologically gifted enough to do IFB preacher clips. Brian was a non before it was cool to be a non. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to download things on my iPhone and then find what I've downloaded. I recently downloaded a sermon and then couldn't find it. And I had to go to one of my daughters and get them to help me, you know, search out where you find downloads. Brian was on AOL group chat, Danville for me. And he's like, Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> so coming in a few weeks is Phil kid and Paul is going to join us. We're going to definitely do that one by zoom and uh, they're going to be joining us here. So keep watching our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for the Phil kid interview kid part two. It's coming. I'm excited and scared in the same time. I think we have every reason to be. And by the way, I like how you call Paul Phil's boy, mm -hmm. but wouldn't it be cooler to call him Phil's kid? I don't know. There's just some pun there. I man, that's, that's two cool. in a row, man. You're on fire tonight. <laughs> so this is episode number 20. And uh, since we started this podcast back in January, we've had folks asking, when are we going to get a female voice on here? When are we going to mm -hmm. get a lady on? And we've had a lot of interviews, but tonight is the night. We saved this for episode number 20. This is a milestone because, you know, a lot of podcasts don't make it past 10, 15. You're doing good. We're at 20 now yes. and still pressing on, pushing that 500,000 download. We're on our way to a million downloads and so we wanted to just continue and pour some gas on this fire and uh, this lady is incredible and i'm excited for you to hear her story nathan you know this lady really well so you go ahead and introduce her and then we'll jump right into her story yeah lois mcnair and i go way back actually we go back before she was lois mcnair she was lois brown and uh, we've been in negotiations this week about how many stories we're going to share and what we're not going to share but when i was in elementary school there was a college student that came, I believe I was in sixth grade. She came to be the secretary at my elementary school, and we saw each other almost daily because I'm not joking about this. I had to go to the office almost daily for my daily paddling, and I would see her in there, and she was just like, you can do this. Be strong. You got this. And we became really big friends. And then the next year going into middle school, she was my teacher. And then all through high school, went on the senior trip with us to Chicago, and which is her home territory, I believe. Yeah. And so we've got a lot of stories. She's been my choir teacher, my theater teacher, my English teacher, I think a few other things. So Lois, so awesome to have you here in the studio today. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to be with you guys. I have been a big fan since I heard about you. So the way that I heard about you was super cool. So I traveled with a, a music and theater group in college. And one of my friends, and I'm going to give her a shout out, <laughs> Beverly Danielle. Uh, one of hey, my, Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of my good friends. And she, we're in a group chat and she texts, she's like, oh my gosh, you guys have got to hear these guys. One of them went to, they, some of them went to Temple and it's just, you know, she's all about the grace. She's been there, done that, grew up a missionary's kid. And, you know, she's, she's great. She says, you got to listen to this. So anyway, I pop on and um, I'm listening, you know, not seeing anything, but I'm just, I'm listening and there's this voice. <laughs> And it's not JC's. I know you guys thought I was going to say that because he's got the big booming voice. And it's not Brian's <laughs> mellow, like, you know, like Delilah. Like, Welcome to. <laughs> I have thought that. <laughs> yeah. Delilah. To... <laughs> yes. Love songs in the night. After right. dark. <laughs> so I'm listening and I hear this distinct voice and I'm going, I know that voice. I know that voice. And so then I'm like, I'm, I'm Google. I'm like, who's doing, who's doing re recovering fundamentalists? I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Nate Cravat. It is Nathan Cravat. That little wild child that I had in my class 
is doing a podcast about Jesus. And I was just, it, I was blown away. Miracles never cease. <laughs> exactly. All those paddlings paid off. They must okay. have. Okay. Can we put a, can we put yes. a caveat in here? I was not the so one. I was paddling. getting ready to ask okay. that. <laughs> I was not the one paddling. You guys can't use this later against uh, either one of us. That's a you know. No, I believe that was Dr. Phillips. He my, definitely made an impression on me. <laughs> my teacher and principal spank me all the time, too. So is my mom. So, you know, homeschool life. So. Well, I always had to leave schools. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I probably went to 10 or 11 schools. And the only reason I had to leave was always because of health reasons. The principals would get sick of me. <laughs> and uh, I'd have to leave. I was prom king, prom queen. I had the best smile. I was most likely to succeed. Like I had it all. I was a I was a lifer homeschooler though, kindergarten to twelfth grade. So like all my lifer homeschoolers, we can tell each other. For okay, sure. can we back up to... just a second, JC? Sure. You said you were homeschool. Mm-hmm. You were an IFB. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you get a prom? <laughs> well, it was with my sister, but. <laughs> 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 Somehow the spanking in yes. the school office doesn't sound no. as bad. Listen, yeah. listen, we actually had a homeschool prom. It was line dancing, and it was exactly what you think a homeschool prom would look like. Mm. And I know there's some listeners. I would love to see on our social media, tag us in some pictures of your homeschool prom, because I guarantee you some people have some pictures of a homeschool prom. It's exactly <laughs> as bad as you think it is. <laughs> well, you know, now this past year in 2020, our youngest just graduated from high school, got the last two and a half months of his high school time oh, ripped yeah. away like so many kids right yeah so you're gonna have to be specific about that because this past year a lot of kids had homeschool proms mm. because there were no proms if you could only listen to stephen curtis chapman bebo norman and sandy patty at your prom that's the ones we're talking you about the ifb <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know what IFB you guys are talking about. <laughs> I haven't swam in that pool in a really, really long time. But the IFB that I grew up in, Stephen Curtis Chapman, oh, yeah. Sandy Patty, oh, yeah. they they were off limits. Mm-hmm. Evil. I got demerits. Fun fact, at Tennessee Temple, I was a student body vice president at our Christian skate night, TTU skate night. We had that when we were a student. Did y'all do that when you were a student at Temple? You go down and go uh, roller skating down there. Well, we couple skate was the only time you could touch a girl, so we would do like 30 couple skates in the two hours span that we were there. (laughs) I got demerits for playing a Bebo Norman song, and this is 2001. Can you sing that song? I have no idea what Bebo Norman is. Give me your eyes for just one second. That's it. That's exactly what it was. I can see. I wasn't a Bebo Norman fan, but it was like something that was a little bit slower. But let me tell you something. You guys got to hold hands during the couple skate. True. So that shows how much younger you are than I am. But you had the dating parlor. Was it the dating parlor then at Tennessee Temple in the LRC? It was the Happy Corner. Oh, yeah. See, they changed it when I got in there. It was called the Happy Corner, but then the back part was the dating parlor. Oh, yeah. The dating parlor. I was still around with the dating parlor, but I think I was like um, teaching by then. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, there was a dating parlor when I was in college. You just had to sit like 12 feet apart. We were social distancing for coronavirus back then, dating. So it was great. (laughs) Well, I'll just tell you, you know, I think it was last week. I can't remember. um, Somebody on Twitter was asking about what's the stupid most stupid thing that you got. See, I'm an English teacher. I can't even say stupidest. <laughs> stupidest. What's the stupidest thing that, that you got demerits for in college? And mm. I got demerits for um, being late to the dorm yeah. after 11 o'clock. And I lived off campus with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it is awesome to have you in the studio, Lois. And we can already see that you speak our language. Mm-hmm. It's amazing running into people and having conversations with people that get the whole IFB culture and people that came out of it. So you are really the perfect first female to come on this show. So we want you to share your story about your experiences and go back as far as you want to and take your time moving through it because you and I have talked already and I know it goes, this well runs really, really deep. And I know that a lot of our listeners are really going to connect with your story and where you're at. So if you'll share that with us on this episode, and then we also want to come back in the future and talk to you about what it's like to be a woman in the IFB and that experience. But let's start with your story. Yeah. So Um, It all started with one man and one woman, and they fell in love. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, They actually did. Um, But but before we before we jump in there, I just I just want to say this. Um, 
the well does run really, really deep. Mm. Um, I lost my dad a year and a half ago, mm. suddenly. Um, and even though we didn't always agree about some of those things, you know, that uh, stereotypically a lot of IFB churches have, my dad and I had a phenomenal relationship. Yeah. I, I'm the baby of five kids. I adore him. I miss him terribly. Um, I've got a great mom today. I was at her house. Oh, my gosh, you guys. My mom's 86 years old. She's sitting at the piano tearing it up. Wow. She can still play like nobody's <laughs> business. Um, but I just want to say, you know, I just want to be respectful to my heritage. I'm so thankful for my yeah. heritage, even though I didn't agree with all of it. And it did, you know. I'm just so thankful. And I heard y'all stories when you first started. I right. feel the same way. And that's exactly why we wanted to bring you on here, because we knew that, you know, you would you would take that approach because this podcast is not to bash. You know, I mean, no. there's some that even listened to last week's episode with Paul and they're like, why didn't we dig in on Phil a little bit more than what we did? Because we want to extend grace, but we also want to uh, think back on our past and realize, hey, we're thankful for some of the tradition that we were brought up in, some of the sure. fundamentals of that. It's the legalistic side that right. we're talking about. And so I'm excited to hear, you know, how you discovered that, came out of that. And I yeah. appreciate your heart on that. Yeah, I just, I love my family. I love my heritage. You know, both both grandparents on both sides, mom's side and dad's side, great grandparents, you know, one on my dad's side, Methodist, preacher, years ago and on my mom's side, you know, just a strong heritage. Um, <laughs> my grandfather uh, was a tap dancer and a boxer. He came to Jesus when he was a young guy and man just took off and uh, started doing evangelistic meetings with Hyman Appleman. And some people will recognize wow. his yeah. name and some yeah. others won't. But, you know, my dad was my grandfather was Homer Britton. That's my mom's dad. Uh, uh, man, what a great guy. And so uh, strong heritage. Yeah. Um, preacher's kid of a preacher's kid of a preacher's kid. And you also grew up with Lee Robertson in your home a lot of times. Yeah. So we would come from Chicago down to Chattanooga and we just just love Dr. Robertson. In fact, after Bobby and I got married and had our first child, we lived right next door to Dr. and Mrs. Robertson. Wow. And they were unbelievable to us and, and gracious and we love them. So this is not in any way, shape, or form about any of them. And um, Dr. Faulkner loved them. So, so yeah, my dad, my mom and dad both went to Tennessee Temple College. They met there, um, you know, such a cool, cool story. And then uh, as they were going to different churches um, and ministering, they landed in uh, the south side of Chicago. Mm. And so, you know, that's where I was born, lived the first 12 years of my life. And I think it was during that time that, Really, um, because I remember talking to my folks, and I, I think it was during that time that other people really began to influence uh, where my dad was headed with things. And um, and let me just say this too, and we all know this. So I think it was my Angelo that said, um, "You do what you know until you know better, hmm. and then you do better." Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of been like for me. There's so many things I'm thankful for growing up. But there were things that just didn't click with me. And I I felt rebellious in my spirit. I'm not saying I was a perfect kid because I was so not. <laughs> but, you know, things that um, I felt I felt like were taken as rebellion and it really wasn't. I just I had questions. Mm-hmm. I had questions and, and you weren't allowed to question anything mm-hmm. in the, the groups that we True. that we grew up in. Yeah. So my dad planted a church before it was called church planning. Super cool. Little town, Evergreen Park. And um, and then I was born the next year, uh, lived in Chicago until we were 12. Both of my parents were, were um, graduates from Tennessee Temple College. Um, and dad wanted to leave the pastor and go to evangelism. So we moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. While I was in Chicago, though, let's back up here. I was I went to uh, Lane Elementary School for kindergarten and then first and second grade. Hammond Baptist. Oh, wow. Hey, man. Woo. The well does run deep. <laughs> yes. And then went to Oak Forest Christian Academy. First and largest ACE school when all that started. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something fun that happened there because I wasn't allowed to wear pants. You know, you're talking about the the other things, you, pants and all of the 
I started telling my kids some of this. My my son and I were traveling up today, and he's looking at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? Isn't so, that such an incredible gift, though, that you have given him, that he doesn't know anything about that world that we grew up in? Right. I love that you text me back and said, <laughs> did you tell him? You're welcome. You're, <laughs> yeah, so you've got to tell the first part of that story. You go through oh my Dunkin' Donuts today, or yes, was it Krispy so, Kreme? No, like this morning, we're just I just needed coffee. And I love my mom, but she doesn't have coffee in the house. She'll like hand me a packet that you know she's had from a meeting they were in five years ago when she got it out of the hotel room. And I'm like, I need coffee. So we took off. Starbucks was closed. Um, even the drive-through. So we found Dunkin' Donuts, and um, literally, like this is the day of the podcast, <laughs> and we pull up to get our amount. The girl opens up the window. She doesn't say hello. She doesn't say your amount is or it will be. She just said sixteen eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, Let's take an offering right now. (laughs) And uh, yeah. I told you that was the IFB demons coming after you. They're they're tracking you down. They know you're on the wrong path. So So, um, we moved from, yeah, Hammond Baptist, Oak Forest. Then, and I, when we were at Oak Forest, um, I literally got a spanking for trying on um, a girl's pair of pants during (laughs) PE. I got in trouble when I got home. The gym teacher knew my parents and knew that that they didn't allow me to wear pants. And so I got home. Mm. All kinds of trouble. (laughs) So I should have known then that, you know, I needed to (laughs) walk a little straighter. But um, but yeah, we went to Chattanooga. Um, Dad entered evangelism. And so at that point, um, I you know, we he wanted us all at Temple. And again, I'm super thankful, you know, so Mm. this is not for those people are going to be like, man, you're talking bad about Temple. No, I'm not. Um, I think there are individuals that, that were there that were phenomenal and yeah. just, and then there were others. Sure. <laughs> not so much, you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, went to Temple Elementary, junior high, high school, college, started my master's there, and then taught back at the high school for six years. You're the quintessential Templeite. <laughs> Like you are it. <laughs> I think there's um I think there's a statue somewhere on campus. <laughs> That's Jack Hiles Anderson. So. But I think it's been taken down at this point. So. No, I'm just kidding. It's being torn down like the rest of the campus. Have you seen? Have you been through campus today? I have. Temple super, building's super. gone. The uh, the elementary school where they did Judgment Day and all that. Right, it's right. gone. Like they've totally redone uh, Serpke Library and everything. It's yeah. like Chattanooga Prep now, but it's totally different campus. Right. Right. Well, let me just show, tell you how, how deep everything runs. So my husband and I, you know, we met in sixth grade on the playground at the old elementary school, which was like several blocks away By from By the campus. soccer field. No, that was, was the there. new elementary school. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, that's where I taught. But the old elementary school was like two blocks further up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on this little hill. That's where I that. started going. Yeah. 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 That's where that's where you had your infamous spankings and yes. I was the secretary. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You could hear me screaming through the walls. <laughs> so, so here's a here's a sweet memory. Um, sweet memory for for me was Bobby and I. I met my husband there. You know that's a God thing. Bobby and I just celebrated 31 years. Wow! So thankful. Congratulations. You know, um, for him and you know just a lot of great memories. Uh, but also we got married in Phillips Chapel. Oh wow! Okay. Well, I went to. <laughs> I went to chapel in high school in Phillips Chapel. And then, you know, we had row monitors. I was a row monitor. Mm-hmm. That's when it got really big time. <laughs> and uh, and then several of my siblings got married there. My parents got married in Phillips Chapel. My grandparents got married in Phillips Chapel. Wow. Lots. Of, so, yeah, well runs really deep. Were you at Temple when the prices were there? Bradley Price? My dad was big buddies with Dolphus Price. Mm-hmm. And, That's his um, sons. Yeah. Right, right. And we then, were, the, then the grandsons. We were having lunch last week with Jason Settle, and he was telling us the story of Bradley Price when they tied fishing line to the bell in Phillips Chapel and then strung it across the street. <laughs> and when security went up there, they pulled it, and it would ring really loud. Yes. I was like, man. Yeah, I w- that was in the days where um, these guys around April Fool's Day, they, they were the masters, mm-hmm. let me tell you. One time they put Mickey Mouse hands on the clock. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. And then before that, they literally 
took a small car apart in the lobby of the administration building. Oh, wow. And everybody woke up the next morning with it. With That's incredible. How many times did the fountain get soaked oh, when I, you were a student? I lost count. How many times I did you count. soap the fountain? I didn't. See, here's the thing. I did. I swam in it. <laughs> See, I didn't because I... Here's the crazy thing. Even though I knew in my heart that there was just some things not right just in that movement um i was still a rule follower mm-hmm. see that i'm still i'm still wired so i was too scared to get in trouble of <laughs> yeah. stuff so yeah no no so that circuit that. does not exist in my brain <laughs> no I, I know i had you as a student <laughs> so i think it's awesome that you know you have those memories that are that are precious to you and mm-hmm. i identify with being an evangelist child and yeah and then my dad also was a pastor and we we did all the traveling and and so I think it's really good that you have fond memories of that. But at the same time, I know it, all the memories can't be fond. And so what were some of the things when you were young that you would say negatively impacted you as a result of being in the IFB movement? Yeah, um, those are not the fun questions, right, Brian? <laughs> but I mean, that's why we we bring um, we bring the dark things into the light. Mm. So there's healing. I think the things that several things that impacted me because I did travel, we traveled with um, our family during the summer and you're in 70 different churches. You're in a different church every night. Um, And Brian, I've heard you talk about, you know, depending on which church you went to this kind of thing, but ours was always very, very conservative. You know, dad, there was no varying in any of the music and all. And, you know, but the the flip side of that coin, and I know we're going to, talk about this other that you've asked me but the flip side of the coin was i got to sing with my family now when i was a teenager that meant nothing that we were traveling and i went to 46 states because all my friends were at home going to camp mm-hmm. i wanted to be at home going to camp but um because of that the performance-based approval mm. for somebody who's already a creative just like the just tapped out you know what i'm saying um performance based appearance based you're always on parade Mm. you mentioned earlier at dinner jc know who you are and whose you are Mm. and i think that's beautiful because when i think of that now as an adult whose i am i'm i'm the fathers i've even said that to my to my kids Mm. but then it was wielded differently Uh don't embarrass people yeah Performance behind things, uh, approval, very approval oriented. I was already, you know, I'm already kind of wired that way anyway. And then it just makes you even more approval oriented. So negative impact was feeling like I always had to gain God's favor. And favor would have been considered a very, very liberal term that, you know, we don't talk about that in our domination. But if you look it up, it means grace. So (laughs) here we go. So, yeah, that was just it was very performance driven. And I've heard you guys talk before about not coming from a place of acceptance, but trying to get acceptance Mm -hmm. in what you're doing. And see, when I say that, you know, from my perspective, a lot of independent fundamental Baptist preaching is another gospel. I get a lot of pushback on that. As a matter of fact, the last time I mentioned that I received some messages and it, it wasn't fan mail. (laughs) <laughs> um, and they were asking yeah. me the question, you know, how can you say such a thing? Well, you know, performance is opposite of the gospel because right. the gospel is you can't perform enough. The gospel is you're helpless in pleasing God. You know, the gospel is you, you're depraved and hopelessly lost in and of yourself and your own efforts. Come on. Right. How is it so many people who come out of this movement all share the same story of, we, we felt like we were having to perform. Sure. That has to be communicated through the preaching. Uh-huh. And so I, I'm not accusing everybody of preaching another gospel. I know that there are gospel preachers in the independent fundamental Baptist movement, but there's a lot of that performance-based gospel, which ultimately is opposite of the gospel. So you were living under that? Yeah. My son said to me today, he said, Mom, don't you think that that um, the people that you were around, they were just doing what they knew to do, mm. you know? Yes. Um, so through my youngest on the way up here, you know, I heard grace in his voice. Yeah. Wow. That was super cool. I think the last thing you would want happening in the life 
of a young girl is for her to feel like she has to earn mm. male approval of any kind yeah. because often that creates that creates such a bad paradigm in the life of a young girl. I guess you, you experienced some of that and lived through some of that. Sure. Absolutely. Because, you know, there were no, I'm probably going to get hit for this one, but there at the time there were, there were, nobody was talking about Beth Moore or Kay Arthur or Priscilla Shire, or, you know, you didn't have the influences um, of women who were in their gifting in the ministry. You had a category of giftings of what you were and were not allowed to do here. Here's an example of it took me a long time guys to realize that God loves me for me. Mm -hmm. When I say a long time in September, I'm going to be 55 years old. And it wasn't until I was really in the middle of teaching a women's Bible study, probably 15 years ago, you know, so yeah, I can do the math. Wow. I'm, I was 40 at the point. (laughs) And, And, um, I was just like, he he loves me. He loves me. He's, he loves me. He's crazy about me. You know, I mean, we learned all the songs. We knew things, but I, my vision of God was that he was sitting there waiting for me to make a mistake to knock me in the head. And so it was more of a gavel type father Than it was. And the crazy thing is, my dad's a very gentle spirit. Hmm. My my earthly father, my daddy, you know, sweet times. He was very long suffering. I don't know why I didn't make that correlation, but I think it was because everything else that was being taught around me, you know, when he was in evangelism. So we were, you know, in, in youth group and stuff, it was all about what you can do. If you're at visitation on Saturday morning and it's 23 degrees outside and you go out and, you know, you just prayed literally for some older lady to let you in the house and feed you cookies so you could spend the entire visitation time mm-hmm. in her house and stay warm. <laughs> but if you did that, that made you more spiritual. Yeah. If you were in this group, that made you more spiritual. Mm. And I think for girls in particular, and like I said, guys, I haven't been swimming in this pool for a long time. And not all IFB guys are like this. I have I have some that I know how they preach and I know how they preach the gospel and this is not them, but stereotypically, as we know, especially in the seventies and eighties, yeah. I look back, I, I watch on Twitter and these things that are being posted and I go, wow, I, you know, that was, that's, that's a throwback. And then I realize, man, that's a clip from three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And there are young girls and women sitting in that service hearing themselves be berated from the pulpit Mm -hmm. that is not how jesus treated women amen i think one of the first times that we were out of the church that we attend now we've been there two and a half years and the and the lead pastor on mother's day preached a sermon about five women you know and and you can you can imagine all of you are pastors you know Rahab, the woman at the well, and he gave that message with such grace Mm. that I literally am sitting there on Mother's Day. I'm crying through this message. (laughs) And I've heard some of the greatest preachers Mm -hmm. in the world. I mean, when you were at school, Bible conference and missionary conference and mouthwide, you know, but just to hear the grace Mm. in that voice and just the the acceptance and that the father loves you. So those things, yeah, I I will tell you, Brian, those things did negatively impact me. Hmm. You know, it was that um, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. We all know that song, right? Mm -hmm. And I use this as an example when I'm teaching, you know, we know the song, Nate, you want to sing it? Sure. Let's sing it. Sing it. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. I really don't want to sing it. <laughs> Thank you. But, what yeah. a horrible way to be remembered. <laughs> Poor Zacchaeus. A wee little man. But, you wee know, we chop. get to the point where, you know, and I know right now there's people on podcasts that are singing that in their head. And they're oh, going, they are. They're going, thank you very much. Now I can't get that song. And out then of Father my head. Abraham's following it right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, so, no, Father Abraham was too liberal for 
Oh, because you wow. danced. There was, that was hip danced, gyration. There was, you danced, and mm. there, it was, I think there was um, some syncopation in there somewhere. <laughs> but back to Zacchaeus, Jesus comes, and you'd get to that point in the song, and he said, Zacchaeus, and in the motions, as you're learning this as a child in my house, not in my house, but in my the Sunday school I attended, hand, you know, fist on the hip, wagging finger. Mm. You come down for I'm going to your house today. Mm -hmm. That was my view of God, you that's guys. It. Instead of Zacchaeus. Wow. I want to come and sup with you today. Wow. Well, that's, that's a great point. Is. That's really good. Well, you know, one of the worst things I ever heard said, um, it was in an independent Baptist meeting. And the guy actually said from the pulpit, he asked the audience, he said, do you know why women's feet are made smaller than men's? And then he responded, so that they'll fit under the small space under the sink cabinet. Think about how horrible that is. And so, you know, I, as a young guy, I didn't take that to heart as a young girl would or, you know, a woman would have in the audience. And so just hearing you share that, I hope that's eye-opening for people because I think we have to realize, you know, women and men are created differently, which means they hear differently, which means they relate differently. And and so it makes it breaks my heart that you had to, to deal with those kind of, you know, statements or feeling less than or oppressed. You know, that just it's heartbreaking. And I really do feel like that's still happening. I mean, there's still sermons that you'll hear where, you know, preachers will get up there and they'll talk about there won't be a woman up here with, you know, body parts sticking out or clothes too tight and singing on our stage. Mm -hmm. But the men that there's never anything said about what they're wearing or like this past week, I found a video from a current uh, student at a college in Florida near a beach. And, you know, the, the guys are wearing blue jeans and t-shirts and the girls are in skirts and, you know, mm -hmm. dress shirts. And it's like, why is there a double standard? And there, you know, I sensed that when I was at temple, I mean, you know, the girls had to have skirts on and flesh colored pantyhose and, you know, the, certain, certain apparel where guys, we could go to breakfast in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and tennis shirt but you had to get up and dress like you were going to church. There was not really a big difference there. And there was just that, you know, it's that weird double standard in certain right. ways. And I think the double standard, um, JC, goes beyond just what we would consider the legalism. Sure. And I know people don't like that word. And I know we've heard all different definitions of that word. And I've used the, the definition that it's rules and regulations without relationship. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I never got the impression, and maybe I missed it. You know, my story is not everybody's story. Mm -hmm. Maybe my attitude was not acceptance, but I didn't hear that Jesus wanted a relationship with me. Mm. I didn't hear about grace like I hear about grace now. Yeah, Because when you don't accept grace, when you think you've accepted grace, but you don't really have grace, you cannot give grace mm. to others. Mm. So that's where the legalism and the judgmentalism comes in. Y'all, I thought that people walking down the street in a pair of pants with a cigarette in their hand, they there's no way they could be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not promoting smoking because I think it's <laughs> bad for your health, but I'm just saying there's no way yeah. they could be a Christian. So did you ever hear anyone teach the Imago Dei? Did you ever hear anyone teach that both men and women are equal image bearers of God? Did you ever hear anything like that? No, no. I, the first time, Brian, that I heard the words Imago Dei was when I was teaching school in a classical Christian school. And one of the subjects that I taught was, was Latin. And then we would get into some other, um, I taught a course called Omnibus, which takes great works of literature, of C.S. Lewis's stuff and all that, and full scriptures of the Bible. We read like an entire book of the Bible in one week. Imagine that going verse by verse. Mm. But, you know, and that's when I started to hear. I, I'm an adult at this point, that Imago Day. But no, no, we were lesser than. My husband and I stepped away at the same time and started serving in a Southern Baptist church. So my first experience with that where I realized what submission was, because that was another thing that was wielded. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm just not being submissive in my marriage. I'm a horrible wife. And it was more about the love of Christ from the husband to the wife and submitting to one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I don't want to get into the whole 
complementarianism, egalitarian conversation because that's way above my pay grade. Hmm. I just know that the love of Christ in the husband and the love of Christ in the wife and you submit to one another. And, hmm. and, and I do believe that my husband is, is the leader of our home, but not somebody that lords over you. Well, since you're an educator by profession mm-hmm. and you're a teacher by profession and by skill, uh, JC has daughters. Mm-hmm. Nathan has daughters. Mm-hmm. I have daughters. Would you please share with us and with all of our listeners, the dads of daughters, mm-hmm. how we can best equip our daughters to understand who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. that their prayers matter, that what the Holy Spirit reveals to them matters, mm-hmm. that their investment in the ministry matters, yeah. that they are an equal image bearer of God mm-hmm. with any man who exists on the face of the earth. Can you can you fall into teacher mode for just a moment sure. Sure. and teach us as dads of daughters how we should do that? Yeah. And I just want to put a little precursor in here about this, that most of that thought process and that teaching came from other preachers that I was around, not necessarily my father. Um, You know, I can remember in Chicago, we would have daddy-daughter dates. It was really, honestly, when we left the pastorate and went to evangelism that, you know, our lives kind of turned upside down as far as our, our family life goes. But Oh man, that's a that's a tall order, Brian. <laughs> because I I want to open it with this. I have had the opportunity to be an educator for years. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm passionate about teaching. I know it's one of my spiritual gifts, which is another thing that we weren't taught as we were younger. My spiritual gift is not a mop. I'm a, not a domestic. Amen. You can ask my husband, Bobby. <laughs> the first thing that my dad asked him when he was asking for my hand in marriage, my dad said to Bobby, he said, I hope you like to do dishes <laughs> <laughs> because he knew I didn't. Um, okay. Um, now I'm, I'm, I'm going off here. First, I want to say, because there are girls that are going to listen to this podcast that were in my classroom or were in a Bible study with me before I got it, before I understood it. So I have to tell them, I'm sorry. I did not do the things for you biblically, spiritually that I needed to. Both of my daughters are volunteer staff at our church. Our church has five campuses. It has a campus in Honduras, the church that we attend. And they've not experienced what I experienced. And I'm so thankful for that. And it wasn't always because of Bobby and I. It was because of the environment and the other people that they were around. So I'm thankful for that. Girls, and and when I say girls, I've I've taught women's Bible study for years. When I say girls, I'm talking age five to ninety five, <laughs> because there are some ninety year olds out there that were never taught or never shared that they that they were a beautiful image bearer of God. But dads, I cannot tell you enough to tell them that they are loved, <laughs> to tell them that they are beautiful, to tell them that they are an image bearer of God and that they are a daughter of the King Mm. and that he loves them, that he adores them and that he wants what's best for them. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something that you guys don't know because I've heard you on the podcast. I've heard how you talk about your daughters. It's beautiful guys. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm Mm. like, go dads because, Mm. because you know, from what I hear you're doing it right. But I would just say, because girls tend to have insecurities more than others. And so I would just say that you are, girls, exactly who God made you to be. Your wiring, your personality, your spiritual gifts, you are exactly who God created you to be. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be made in somebody else's image yeah. other than the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. And there's too much of that. You've got to be like this. You've got to be like me. No. I mean, I learned many, many years ago and going through some really solid teaching and talking about spiritual gifts and and hearing when I say solid teaching, I'm talking about I was the student 
I'm not doubting myself. <laughs> but just, I can doubt your teaching ability. I just, you know, and and I, I can sit here and, and say, you know, I was learning about personality traits and spiritual gifts. And I was kind of quiet the first time I got my spiritual gifts back because I was afraid that I, I couldn't. Because, guys, my three top spiritual gifts are pastor, shepherd, and teacher. Hmm. Now, I'm not talking about being the lead pastor at your church. I'm talking about pastoring people, loving them, shepherding them, who God brings into your life. And so, girls, you are exactly who you're supposed to be. Um, You are a, a beautiful daughter of the king. And let me just tell you, God does not impart to a man biblical knowledge over who you are and what you are, as opposed to Christ speaking to you. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but you have Jesus Christ in your heart. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The high priest like comes right to you. You don't have to go to somebody else. You don't have to go and hear from them who you are in Christ. Christ speaks to who you are in him. Yeah, women are not second-rate citizens in the no, kingdom of heaven. No, and we call that <laughs> no. second-hand spirituality. For years, I was a second-hand spirituality. My husband is in ministry. You know, I've never been a quiet wife. That's just not who I am. <laughs> Bless Bobby's heart. <laughs> He's still around. Just recently, I heard probably my 455th sermon of the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've all heard that sermon. But I will tell you, it was the most beautiful one that I had heard. (laughs) The grace and the peace and the kindness and the Jesus went out of his way that day for her. And I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know, because all three of you are pastors. You've probably preached this. Jesus went out of his way. He sent the disciples a different direction. Because even though they were his disciples, they were probably going to be judgmental because they were already judgmental. Why are we going through Samaria? Yeah. And Jesus spoke. He sat down with her. He didn't wield at her. Yeah, you've had five husbands and the dude you're living with right now isn't your husband. He spoke truth, but he spoke truth in love. Yeah. Mm. And she was important. She wasn't important because of her background. She wasn't important because of what she had done or not done. And I hate this word. Okay. I'm just, I hate this word, but I have heard people say in a message on Twitter, (laughs) because a woman dresses a certain way or so that she's just a whore. Let me tell you something. She may have been placed in a lifestyle to survive or because Satan was deceptive, but she's an image bearer. Yeah. She is in Mago Day. She's created. So there's no such thing as secondhand citizens because you're a female. Mm. Daughters of the king. And there's a little saying that I've read to my daughters since Kenzie, sissy, was born that every night we'll sing them, we'll pray, you know, we'll sing their song, we'll pray. But then there's this this saying that I want them to ingrain in their mind that sure. just says you're a daughter of the king. You're unique. You're purposefully created. You're loved, adored, cherished, and chosen. You're clothed in righteousness and dignity. Always shine bright. Radiate Jesus. Be playful, generous, kind, beautiful one. Stay true to yourself and embrace who you are. For darling, there is no one like you. Oh, man, I Mm. love that. (laughs) I love that. Because that's something we want them to know and understand is you're not second rate. You are right. a daughter of the king. I always go back to the, the story of Jesus when the lady with the issue of blood reached out and touched his him of his garment. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the people were like, it's just her. But what did he say? Woman, why did you touch me? He didn't say, how dare you take the power out of me? Mm-hmm. He said, daughter. He called mm-hmm. her a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I love that because in that moment, after being second rate her whole life, I mean, how long she had this disease. Right. He called her daughter, one of the most loving, kind things that he could say to her and gave her purpose and gave her a future, gave her hope. Right. And that's what he has come to do is to give us hope. Right. How many times have you heard messages about Jesus turning the water into grape juice? And I'm sorry, about (laughs) Jesus turning the water into wine? (laughs) When Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I'm not deifying her, Mm -hmm. I'm calling her by her name, yeah. she comes to him and she's like, 
they're out of wine. And Jesus, how many times have you heard this, guys? <laughs> Woman, what would you have me do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you guys know your pastors. What does that word woman mean back then? It was a tender... It's a term of endearment. Term of endearment. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what, guys? Like I said, I'm going to be 55 in September. First time I heard that the word woman is a term of endearment was was my lead pastor at my Mm -hmm. church right now. I'm still recovering. I'm still healing. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you walked away from the independent Baptist movement. And that was kind of a big deal in your family when you and Bobby went and got a job at a Southern Baptist church in Chattanooga. Well, wait, let's back up, dude, because I was teaching at the high school and you were not allowed to attend any other church. Yeah. The only way that you could attend another church, a.k.a. a Southern Baptist church or whatever, is if your husband got a position. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So you... Join a Southern Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And what's it like moving forward from there to say where you are today? You just said, I'm still recovering. This is a long process. It's not an overnight no. change. I thought it was. I'm like, we're in a Southern Baptist church. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that little Disney movie. I'm free. And then he falls back in the hole and he's like, dang it. <laughs> and at that point, for me, Freedom meant being able to make choices without feeling guilty about what I wore. Yeah. Or, you know, when you, I'm sorry, but when when we would talk to our kids in youth group and just talk about legalism a little bit and we would say, you know, we weren't allowed to mix bathe. And they're like, well, duh, you're not supposed to take a shower with somebody. Right. right. Not mix <laughs> swimming and, you know, the pants and, and the culottes. Ugh. Okay. Can I just stop here for a second? Culottes <laughs> Get came, on that. Culottes came back in a few years ago. Did y'all know that? Like a gaucho culotte? Yeah. And I had friends blowing up my feed, and I'm like, uh, look how cute these are. I'm like, never, never again. again. <laughs> because my culottes, like gauchos were, were bad. So yeah. like early on, my parents and I, we've had phenomenal conversations over the years, and we've talked through all of this. So that's why I feel like I can share with you guys, and I'm not dishonoring them. Mm-hmm. But our our culottes had to have a flap in the front and the back so that it would not show any separation. Yeah. Because the harlot clothing starts at the knee mm-hmm. and goes up from there. Yeah. So we, we stepped out. Bobby got a position as a music and youth guy um, at a Southern Baptist church and um, actually in Ringgold. Hmm. Ringgold, right? Yeah. Cedar Hill Baptist Church. And man, I'll just tell you, we thought we'd hit the big time, <laughs> you know. Um, Tringle. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that, you know. And we've been in, in Southern Baptist churches, you know, the last uh, church we were in, Southern Baptist Church, we were there on staff for 16 years. Wow. So it was a breath of fresh air. It was a learning experience. But like I said, you you still learn because just the dressing and the hair off the collar and off of the ear and getting your dress checked as you left chapel with a ruler to make sure that it was long enough and all of these things. Let me share this real quick. I began to find a balance. I think I'm still trying to find the balance. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of healing Mm -hmm. in the last few years because we really got hurt by church folk. And you guys know as pastors, this is probably bad grammar, but you guys know... (laughs) There ain't no hurt like church hurts. Yeah, it's amen. True. Amen. It's true. And so we've been doing a lot of healing the last few mm. years, and that was not in an IFB church, by the way. But we just began to find the balance um, to have that relationship with the Lord to, yes, be separate, um, because that's what we're called to be, a peculiar mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we're supposed to be isolationist, because mm-hmm. if you're an isolationist, then who are you pouring yeah. into? Who are you loving on? Mm-hmm. So I just want to say to you, Lois, and to Bobby, who I'm sure will be listening to this, <laughs> he's your biggest fan, is that you guys have been faithful for years, and you invested in me. I remember a time in your English class where you were playing the piano, and some of your choir students started singing, and so I walked up and started singing harmony, and you turned and looked at me and said, 
Nathan, you can sing? Because I had this whole <laughs> persona that I wanted to have at school. I didn't want everybody to know about me singing in church and, and all that. And I was like, yeah. And then joined your choir. And you've invested in my life. And I've watched you. And I've watched your family. You and Bobby have been faithful. You've raised four amazing kids who love Jesus. And they're taught and encouraged to use their gifting to glorify God. And so I just want to say thank you to you because we all experienced a lot of negative things in the IFB movement. But you nailed it because we've experienced a lot of beautiful things, too. And we've experienced many beautiful moments. And I'm thankful for your grace that you were shown and taught, and now you're extending back to your family and to even to, you know, the school, the movement. And I think that's just a sign of of the work that God is doing in your life and in your heart. And you're absolutely right. We are all still trying to find that balance. And we've talked multiple times about a pendulum swing. And uh, I don't know that this side of heaven, we're ever going to be perfect and get that right. As a matter of fact, I know we won't be, (laughs) but uh, I do know that we're called to continue to try. And I just want to thank you for a lot of the things you've shared with your personal story. And I know there's a lot more and we want to get back to that at a later date, but I want to thank you for sharing your story and being willing to sit down with us. And I know there's a lot of ladies out there listening to the Recovering mm-hmm. Fundamentalist podcast that have been touched by a lot of the things that you have said today. So thank you, Lois, for being with us Absolutely. and look yes. forward to more conversations in the future. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful for you guys because I've, I've been listening to you. I'm thankful that my friend sent me to your podcast because it's refreshing. Because like you said before, if you haven't been in it, you don't mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. So I'm just thankful for where we are. And, and thank you for what you said about the faithfulness. And I will tell you, one of the things that I love, one of those beautiful things about my background is my parents mm. remained faithful. Yeah. Mine too. Remained faithful, and I'm and I'm thankful for that. That's good. Thank you for sharing your story. We're excited to get you back on soon, and uh, you'll be a be a voice that you'll hear a lot here on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast as we continue to press on. Hey, I've got an idea before we go. What's as that? I said, Lois was my choir <clears throat> teacher. And this lady can sing, man. She could sing the old Southern gospel stuff. She could sing the high church. Like, wait, back up. I wasn't allowed to sing a Southern gospel. So you have to go well, back. That was like, yeah, hands. you had the high church, the whole temple, Patch all that pirate. stuff. Do you guys remember the song? No, not one. I think we've all done that at some yes. point in our churches or choirs. And I think the Martins did a really good arrangement That's of that that we one. probably know. So, yes. JC, you want to take us off on this one? Yeah, but we're not the Martins. So, <laughs> here we go. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No. could heal all our souls diseases no not one no not one jesus knows all about our struggles he I tell you what, guys, we may just found one of our three for the three-song EP that we're sending to our patrons that have signed up for the Say Amen Right There tier. And uh, we want to thank you guys who have given to that. Uh, You believe in the RFP, and we're continuing on with a lot of great episodes coming your way. And uh, we want to thank you for uh, being here with us today. Lois, would you close us in a word of prayer today as we wrap up this episode? Wow. Thank you. Um for the opportunity just to talk to the Father for a few minutes. Father, I am so thankful for this time together. You know, when we have to talk about tough things, and sometimes it's not popular, 
Um, we just ask for your grace and your mercy and your love that when we are called to speak truth, that it's always spoken in love. Father, you always spoke truth in love to your children, to your disciples. So I thank you for that. Father, I thank you um, for your for your divine providence that the that the four of us are together tonight. I um I can't imagine um, even a few years ago that we would have the opportunity to be to be right here with a with three pastors who are just loving on their people well, loving on their families well, speaking the truth in love and and calling out things that need to be called out. Lord, I just ask for um, a blessing right now over their families, over their wives, over their children. Um, I remember years ago, one of my favorite things from church was to hear Dr. J.R. Faulkner finish the service with the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. So I ask for that, for these families. And Lord, for the families of the listeners, for those that are listening to this podcast who are struggling with some of these very things. They're struggling with that narrative. Who do I listen to? Father, I just pray that it always points back to you. It always points back to you because it's always about you. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about what we say. It's not about our, our attitudes and how we say it. It's not about promoting ourselves. You tell us in the Old Testament that your fame will not be shared with anyone else. So, Father, I just pray for those listening, those that are in the same boat that we're in 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 recovering from those things. But, Father, I want to pray specifically for those who have been hurt in church and they've walked away and they're not on their way back. Please draw them in. Let someone step into their path that shows them love and not judgment. That they have to get it together before they come through the doors. That shows them love and loves them where they are right now. And just listens. Not tries to defend, not tries to quote this and that, but just listens. Father, I thank you for grace in my own life. I thank you for my heritage. Mm -hmm. Nobody 100% agrees with everything all the time because we're not you. (laughs) But I thank you, Lord, for this time together. You are a good father. Is not a beyond, that's not a, not a cliche. Mm-hmm. You are a good father. And right now in our world, right now with everything that's been going on, and you know, you know, um, I pray, Lord, that even beyond all the chaos and the hurt and just everything that's happening, Lord, that people will have an encounter with someone in their path that shows the love of Christ to them. We have no message if it's not covered in love. Because of love, because of love for us that we didn't deserve, you came and gave your life for us. So how can we do any less than to love those around us Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
So we want to thank you for being here with us today. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsors, Free Life Soap. You can check them out at therecoveringfundamentalist.org. We want to thank J Radio for letting us use the studios and you, our patrons of Patreon. You can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on all the links you find there, and uh, be a part of the RFP. It's been a great episode, and uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. Y'all have a great week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.